0: If you have your Bibles this morning, let's go to the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, the book of 1 Peter chapter 2. I cannot get away from the thought of building on the right foundation. Last week, I talked to you about how when they implored David, David was in a crisis and his advisors, not being evil, but thought they had wisdom in the natural, said to David, David, why don't you flee like a bird to the highest mountain? Why don't you run away from this crisis and leave what you've trusted? And what did David tell them in Psalms 11? He says, I've been standing on a foundation all my life and I know this foundation to be true. And even though it looks like right now the enemy's gonna overtake me, I trust the God that I serve, and I'm gonna trust the foundation that I stand on. Can somebody say amen? I know that's not new practical preaching that is popular, but I wanna just encourage you. I've felt now since the beginning of the summer to fight and to defend the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I went to the general assembly and I heard our general overseer say, defend and fight for the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This church has been built 104 years on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Saints of God, we don't have to build another foundation. The foundation we stand on is tried and true and it will work through every crisis of our life. Can somebody say amen? And so I've been on this thought now for a few weeks, teaching on Jude on Wednesday nights. I'll be back there this Wednesday. But today I I, want to just go one more time and teach on this right foundation. First Peter chapter 2 verse 4. You have it, will you say amen? I see the time. And I'm really not worried about the time. Amen. Coming to him as a living, living stone. Rejected indeed by men, but chosen. Somebody say chosen. That's that's the premise of this chapter. It is the beauty of this chapter. It is not the popular opinion of man, but that God has handpicked one stone, not many stones, not pluralism, not thoughts or or imaginations or philosophies of men, but God handpicked one stone chosen by god and precious that's what jessica calls me sometimes precious (laughs) that's why i got this pink tie and socks on the day i'm sure the williamson's boys will get with me after church when you that are not married you'll understand why i'm wearing this one day amen you also as a living stones speaking of us are being built up A spiritual house Hebrews 6 says that a foundation is laid to be built upon quit digging up the same foundation start building something in Jesus Christ of a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ that's a sermon by itself therefore linking these two together it is also contained in the scripture behold I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone elect Precious, And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame or confounded. One more verse. Therefore to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stones which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Let's, let's keep going. This is good. And a stumbling stone. A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. Verse 9. But you are a chosen generation. Watch now how he takes the chief stone and now makes us lively stones. And since he was chosen, you and I also are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own peculiar special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. We'll stop right there. The reason that I'm able to rejoice about the salvation that has been sufficient for 22 years is because I still stand on the foundation of the rock that I stood on back in 1996. And I can tell you today, he is just as good today as he was a long time ago back in 1996. Can somebody say amen? I want to preach just for a few moments the cornerstone of my salvation. Would you stretch your hand this way, please? Father I've come to you I have presented myself and now God I'm asking you God to preach through me talk to us about this chief cornerstone that is sufficient for all things there's a part in this service that I don't know if I'll get past it and that be the closing point God that be the crowning point of this message let not my flesh take us somewhere that I deem people need to hear and let me only say what the Holy Ghost says they need to hear I love what Pastor Russell said earlier when he was talking about the power of God. One writer said it this way in Acts when they were disputing in the church and they did not know which way to go and some said that's not of God. One man stood up with wisdom and said, brothers, sisters, if this thing be not of God, it shall fall by the wayside. But if this thing be of God, who can pull down the strong arm? of God Father you're all powerful today live speak through us today in Jesus name and everyone said amen Amen. you may be seated this morning if you would just greet your neighbor one more time and tell them hello would you do that for me yeah and then just tell them this for me let me just do this as a part of my low country culture would you just look at them and say he looks like he wants to preach today would you tell them that for me amen (laughs) Hmm. Hmm. in John chapter 1 there was one baptizing I feel him in this house and he says behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world while they were walking the Bible said on the next day that two of John's disciples were there also by the one name of Andrew they implored him once again as he said behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world all of a sudden Andrew leaves and go gets his brother, one by the name of Simon. Simon would come back in the presence of this man that was called Jesus. And all of a sudden, this man called Jesus says to him, Simon, I think I'm gonna change your name. I think instead of calling you Simon, it would be like me coming and meeting Joey the first time I said Joy. I don't think I'm gonna call you Joy anymore since I'm your pastor. I think I'm gonna call you Kenny. Kenny, I like Kenny. Kenny is a whole lot better than Joy. Jesus looks at him and says, I'm going to call you Cephas. I'm going to call you Brock. It was such a transformation or such a, a powerful moment, I should say, with the master that it would transform his life because later on, it seems like when Simon Peter would begin to understand this, hearing Jesus speak, hearing Jesus preach, he would go back to that word, that 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 word Petra, and it would always mark his mind. In fact, as I just read to you in First Peter, when he began to talk about the right foundation, he would have to go back to that first word rock and say, listen, the way that I can describe this Jesus to you is that when you build your life on him it's like building on the right rock or the right cornerstone this encounter with Jesus was so powerful that it would begin to shape not only his life; it would shape his theology. It would just be that time in First in John chapter one as well. Later on in Matthew sixteen, Simon Peter would overhear and confess when when Jesus asked him, "Who do you say that I am? Who the men say that I am?" He said, "You are the Son of the Living God." He said, "Flesh and blood has not revealed to you revealed this to you, but the Spirit of God has revealed this to you and such this face." such this attitude. This is what I'm going to build my church upon. This rock, this foundation and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Simon Peter would say later on, this rock that the church is built on is the rock that the people rejected, but God pulled it up out of the pit of man and restored it on the hill of Calvary, and now the church sits upon that rock. It shaped Peter's theology so much that in Acts chapter 4, he would build that same thought. He would tell them preaching after salvation, after Pentecost, he would tell them that this cheap cornerstone is so good that it's laid so well that if you want to live, if you want to have this new life, if you want to see your life change, don't build your life on nothing else build it on Jesus Christ and it will stand the test of times Jesus will say he that hears my word and does it is like a man that builds his house on a rock but he who hears my words and do not do it to him is like building his house on the sand Simon Peter gives this to us I should say when Peter gives this to us he writes to us because he knew that there would be a movement in the last days that people would be persuaded not to build themselves upon Jesus Christ Oh, I know what you're thinking, but brother Nolan, your theology sometimes is so Christ centric that sometimes we miss the mark of being practical in modern society. I will argue with you all the day long that if the theology is Christ centric, there is no more practical teaching than Jesus Christ. There is nothing to build in your life outside of Jesus Christ. And why the churches that pull your eye, they show you their programs and they show you their, their, their thoughts or their processes. If they show you their theology, if they're not built upon Jesus Christ and nothing less, I tell you, those churches will not last 104 years. This house has been built upon the rock. This house has been built upon Jesus Christ and nothing less. That's why in verse four, this same chapter, he will write to us and declare this, that this thing that we build upon is not dead, it's alive. He says that this thing that we built the church upon, that the Jews were called to stand upon, and that you are called to build your life upon, he says that it is a stone, but it's not just like any other stone, it is a lively stone. The word changes here. The word here is Petra. Uh, Excuse me, it's not Petra. It doesn't mean a massive boulder. Uh, Here it means lithos. It means that this stone is a polished stone. This stone is not like a boulder like anything else. The stone that the church is built upon, the stone that this pulpit is built upon, is a precious stone, handpicked by God, polished at the right time. So when you stand on it, it will not break, but it shall break you. To say it was a lively stone, first of all, is contrary to nature. But if you understand the deity of our Savior, anything that surrounds his life is contrary to man, but is sufficiently right with God. Oh, it's good by itself. Anything that may be confusing to man in the sense that we cannot understand the virgin birth or the resurrection, but with God, Jesus meets all qualifications. And what makes him different than any other foundational stone is that those stones are dead. Jo- Joseph Smith is still in the grave. Muhammad is still in the grave. But this stone that we have chosen to build our lives upon, he's not a dead stone. He's not in a grave somewhere in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. He sits at the right hand side of God making intercession for us and he lives abundantly in our life. I saw him last week. I saw him when I went to the funeral of Cecil Wilson. I saw him there, not in the natural, but in the supernatural. I saw us grieve not as those who do not have hope. I saw us grieving Jesus Christ knowing to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Where is this Jesus you speak of? He made it back to the right hand side of God. He sat down by the Father now to make intercession for me. He is my advocate and my friend. He is my King and my Savior. He is my lion and he is my lamb. He is my victorious warrior and he is a champion of my life. My God is alive today. He is a victorious God and he lives in our life. I didn't have to get drunk after the funeral to cope, I could go to the rock of ages. My God is a lively stone. Let me not bog down here, but he was simply saying that what we build our foundation upon cannot just be described or attained by the words of man. To say him is a, is a stone is not sufficient enough. You've got to say that he is a lively stone, which means I stand upon him and I grow in him and I grow through him and I grow by him. Colossians chapter one. Since he is this lively stone though, there's three things I want to point out and then I'll close. This stone is different since it is alive and the foundation that I have built my life upon the foundation that I know that I know that I know that I can pass to my children and my children's children the reason that it is sufficient and the reason that Simon left all his boats to follow Jesus when he says you will change your name and you shall be cephas is because first of all it is a supernatural stone look to your neighbor and say he's supernatural supernatural the Bible says in verse 4, he was indeed cast away by men, but he was chosen by God. That means he was hand-selected by God to be the cornerstone. To Israel first, they rejected. But then to the church, he builds himself upon, and now to you and I, he builds our lives. To understand the supernatural part of this, you've got to understand first that God selected Jesus before the foundations of the world. Before the foundations of the world could be presented to be stable, God needed the right foundation to let those foundations rest on. And now since that foundation is true, said it this way in the book of Revelation, we searched all over heaven who is worthy of to unlock the seals thereof. And we can find none worthy thereof to be sufficient to unlock the seals. So there was weeping and crying. But all of a sudden, one stood up and remembered that there is a lamb in the corner. There is a lamb that they will not receive in the natural, but this lamb is sufficient. Who is this lamb? He is Jesus Christ. He is the tribe of Judah personified. He is the one that we will look to and when they brought him and presented him, then one began to cry out. One angel said it this way, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb who was slain before the foundations of the world. Listen to me. Israel may have rejected him at first. Others may not receive him now, but I got good news. This supernatural stone that was hand by God is the same God that able to do exceedingly abundantly in your life whatever you need today he's not a dead god he's a supernatural god he's god jehovah he's great god almighty and he lives inside this house today to jacob he was a stone of israel to daniel and i love what daniel says daniel said they hewed out stones of metal by hands but Daniel said, there is one coming that he will be carved out of the stone, but he will not be carved out by a man's hand. See, man didn't make him. He was chosen supernaturally by God. Who is this Jesus? He's my salvation. Oh, that Jesus, he's a weak God. No, he's weak in your church. And he's weak in your life because you've got some politicians in pulpits who won't preach that he's still powerful. But to me, he's the one that delivered me from four generations of alcohol abuse that ran in my family. From five generations of treating women the wrong way. Putting hands on the women the wrong way. For having a spirit of womanizing in my hometown. He may be dead in your church, but in my life, he's a supernatural stone. He called me out of darkness into marvelous light. He is called out of Zion, and even though rejected by them, by man, he's been placed as the chief cornerstone. When Jessica and I were dating, I have been called to be a little tight and cheap at times. The deacons have voted already to replace the furniture in the parsonage, but I'm getting in trouble. But I have not done that yet because i told my beautiful bride, this is sufficient, and I have two boys, and I know my boys may be a little rambunctious, and Jessica said, you're not telling the truth, you're just cheap. That's what she said. She needs prayer, by the way. Sometimes I have been known to be that way. When we were engaged, she's lived a pure life. But even then, when we went to the jewelry store, I really liked the ring rustle. I can't tell you what it was, but I liked the price of it. But she liked this one over here. I didn't like that one. I can't tell you what that was either, but I didn't like the price of it. But through wisdom, something that I had to understand, that's the one she wanted, that's the one she needed, and as she presented herself to me pure, she was worthy of double honor. So we selected that one, and when she put it on her hand, she was so happy to wear that ring. It made her happy, and it met the desires and need of her life. Somehow in my life, God the Father knew that there was a certain stone that I needed. And when I would have been cheap in the natural, I am thankful, hear me now, that God was not cheap in presenting a supernatural stone for me. When he knew that there would be four generations of alcoholic abuse in my family, he didn't go to the cheap corner and pick up a cheap stone. He didn't build upon Jacob or Moses or anybody else. He chose the lamb to be the stone which I build my life upon. He chose the very best for me. The very best stone he picked out and said, Neil, I present him to you. Is he worthy of worship in your life? I say back to him today, he's the best stone. He's been so good to me in my life. This rock that I built my life upon, when others in my family have fell by the wayside, and when I've gone through crisis that should have killed me, and somebody said, Neil, you are strong, man. No, no, no. I'm weak as water. I have no good gift in me. But if you see what I stand on today, it is a supernatural stone that cannot be torn down by man. Not, not bankruptcy, not divorce, not trial, not cancer not decisions that I made wrong I'm telling you the rock that I stand on has kept me it is the right foundation and is worthy of all praise in this house it is I, I've got to stay there it is a supernatural hand-picked chosen stone no wonder John said behold the Lamb of God they would come back to John and say John are you him? John would say oh no 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 I'm not him, he was made before me. Actually the better translation there, he existed before me. Not only did he exist before me, he said I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. Let me tell you and remind you who you serve today. Some of you came here just to go home. Some of you came here just to check off the box that you went to church. Can I tell you, you stand on the rock of ages on a stone that will not fail you. Let the winds blow. Let the crisis come. Let the devil knock on the door. If you built your house on the sand, you'll fall. You'll be like those that Jesus said are up and down and have no stability But to some of you that are going through some storms right now in your life and family, I've come to remind you, I've crossed 100 yards to get here this morning to remind somebody you keep standing on Jesus Christ. That supernatural stone will not fail you. Look to your neighbor and say, he's a supernatural stone. Secondly, he's a stumbling stone. That same verse says, to us, he's hand-chosen, But to others, he is a stumbling stone of offense is what it would say later on. Here it just says he was rejected. A few verses down, it says he became a stone of offense to them. The Bible said he was disallowed by men unto them which was disobedient. They rejected him because he did not come the way that they thought he should come. Listen to me this morning. There are two things that's gonna happen here today. You will either receive Jesus Christ or you will reject Jesus Christ. For one part of the history of man, the Jewish nation rejected Jesus Christ and pushed him away. But for you and I today to live, we got to understand that he needs not be a stumbling stone of offense, he needs to be the stone which we stand on today. People are changing the Bible because they do not like what the stone speaks of or represents. Well, my church said that if I just come give my tithe, that you have no right to get in my business. I never get in your business. I've never come to this pulpit and said, you know what? I'm just gonna hit Joey with a sermon. He needs this sermon this morning. That's not what a preacher does. A preacher hears the voice of the Spirit, and then comes deliver a letter, and then goes home about his business. So if you feel what we call conviction, it's because Jesus is a stumbling stone of offense in your life. Two things will happen. You will either break yourself on that stone and then he will take the pieces and put it back together and make something great in your life. Or the Bible says in the book of Psalms, you will hit that stone and you will be crushed to powder. That's why some people come to this church and their lives are totally changed forever. They break themselves on the rock and it's not an offense to them. They know they were lost. They know that they have a problem. They know they're addicted and what they want is deliverance. But there's some people that will come and you can't tell them anything. They know somebody. They feel like they know somebody in the church. They feel like they have more money or they have more of this. And so what do they do? They reject this Jesus. They'll either find a so-called Christian church that will let them live in their sin and stay the way that they are. Or they will reject church altogether and say, this Jesus is nonsense. It's a folly. It's foolish. Those people, Jesus is a stumbling block to them. That's why in schools today, you can say Muhammad and not get in trouble but if you mention the name of jesus christ it calls us to order it calls us to a place to get out of neutral and we must choose what god we will follow this day don't tell me I preach too loud. Don't tell me the music's too long. Don't tell me we get too emotional. Quit making excuses on why you don't like Jesus. Just be honest with me today. You don't want to serve Him because you don't want to surrender. You don't want to serve Him because you must take up your cross and follow Him. You don't want to serve Him because you like hanging out with the boys. More than you do be in the presence of Almighty God. You don't want to serve Him because you got to give up your girlfriend and your friend on the side. But to those that surrender your life he will change your life he will turn your life around he'll make something new out of your life and he will be large in your life today (laughs) there's no need to run the bible says if we do this the bible said we shall not be confounded we shall not be ashamed why thirdly not close because he's a special stone specially picked for us And when you understand that, the Bible says you will not be confounded. You will not be ashamed. Why? Because he is precious. A better word there probably is preciousness. It's not just he is precious. He is the definition of precious and also the origin of the matter as well. And since he is that, The Bible says that those who believe on him in the book of Isaiah, he will not make waste. What does that mean, pastor? That means you won't flee because you realize the stone that you stand on is supernatural and special. What did David say? David, you need to run, son. You're gonna die by the hand of Saul. And David said, do I trust another foundation? Or do I stand on Jesus Christ and his righteousness? I love that old song. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock. Isaiah says when you build your marriage, your finances, your children, and the church on the rock. Brother Nolan, you act like North Walhalla doesn't have problems. As long as there's two people in this church, there will be problems. If it's just me and my bride, she likes to go to Porto. I know I don't say that right, but that's how I say it. That's not my restaurant. Biggest argument we had lately, she wants to build a house there. I wanna go somewhere else, you understand? As long as there's two people, two married couples, some couple's gonna fight on the way home today about where to eat at, watch. There will be trouble. But when you build a church on Jesus, When they ask you about our church, please don't talk about me, good or bad. When they ask you about North Walhalla, don't tell them about our carpet or our programs. When they ask you about our church, you tell them if you wanna hear Jesus, see Jesus, feel Jesus, believe Jesus, be impacted by Jesus, that is your church. What if they preach too loud? If you find Jesus, you won't care. What if they let people of other colors come in? If you get saved, it won't matter. What if they preach on money? You won't have to worry about it because you found Jesus. What well, if they preach on becoming faith for the church? The church I just came from says I don't have to come, but so often as long as I give, well, you'll find it different at North Walhalla because if you find the Jesus that I find, Tony, I can't be apart from for you for long because you're the church and I'm the church and together, the Bible said in First Peter, we make up the spiritual church and when one block's not there, it just don't feel right. People that don't want to go to church is because they're drifting off of the special stone. I found nothing in this world to run to, saints. Then Jesus Christ and stand on His righteousness. He says, "If you find the special stone, you won't have to run." Why? Because He is precious to you, and He's a precious to you, and He will not be an offense to you. This special stone—the word offense means scandal. The word scandal there speaks to us of what would be called a trap or a trap stick. He was saying to those who reject this special stone, this supernatural stone, and it becomes a stone of offense that there's a scandal in your life. And sooner or later, you will be trapped because you didn't build your house on the rock. Listen as I close. There's no true words in the New Testament. There are people in this house this morning, you don't have money right now. Listen to me in love. It's not because you're mean. It's not because you tithe or you don't tithe. Some of that is true. Let me back up. Some of that is true. You don't have the blessings of God in your life. But right now, you refuse to trust God in totality, which involves tithing. So don't say, I didn't say tithe. What I'm saying is though, you're building your house not on the stone in completion and the sufficiency of that stone. You've got just enough Jesus not to be who you were before you got saved. But you don't have enough of the rock to stand the storms. Come on, somebody. And that's why when the ball says you're fired, you run back to old Milwaukee. That's just, this is half church. Preacher, you're saying I can't drain that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I'm just preaching what I know to be true. Are you listening? I don't have to stick the needle in my arm to get through Cecil Wilson's funeral. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, his righteousness. I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. I know what scripture speaks in my life. What's happening? Jesus has become a dirty word. It's a scandal today. He's a nasty word to some. It's a scandal, why? Because they have been trapped by him. They have been the wild boar in Oconee County who stuck his head in the cage and knocked the the stick down and now they are trapped in a cage and this Jesus makes them nauseous. I've come to preach to somebody this morning. Don't you leave the rock of ages. You stand on the foundation, and when they fire you from your job, your child says she's pregnant, your child disappoints you, you lose this, cancer's in your body. You could come back and say, Brother Neil, I don't like it, I don't understand it, I've been faithful, I'm mad with God, I'm mad with everybody. But let me tell you this even when I don't understand, I'm gonna trust the rock of ages. Even when I don't feel like worshiping, I'm gonna stand on what I know to be true. What's true today, Jesus Christ and him crucified. He is sufficient for every storm that you're in your life today. Brother Nolan, you're preaching hard at me. No, I'm not. Brother Nolan, I'm addicted by substance. I'm not preaching at you. I'm the one that's gonna come to this altar now and dare anybody else to throw stone at you. I have no problem with you telling me, Pastor, I have a drug addiction. I have an alcohol addiction. I'm not casting you out of the church. I'm not casting you to hell. I'm gonna grab your hand. As my pastor grabbed mine, when I loved to drink more than I did anything else, when I would leave school at 11 o'clock in the morning and go get drunk and pass out, and then when I would wake up, I would go home because that's what we did in my, my neck of the woods. Then I met a old Pentecostal preacher that preached truth and love, and he took my hand, and he didn't condemn me. He told me that, he told me that in Romans 8 and 1 that there's now th- no more condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus, and then he put me, and I didn't know what he was doing, but he mentored me, and before long, I was not that weak, wobbly Christian, but my feet was placed on the rock. The storms are gonna come. Didn't Jesus tell us that? It's going to be on the house made on the sand and the house made on the rock. Shannon has spent three weeks in the hospital with her mother. Doesn't mean God doesn't love her. David Williams has been in the hospital and in nursing homes and places with his parents lately. We're talking about good, godly people who are faithful in everything. There's many others in this house. My wife and I have been in prayer for a day and a half for darling. We don't know why. We don't understand. I met her early this morning. I said, darling, I don't know what's going on, but I know when the Holy Ghost calls me to prayer, I have been in prayer for you. But I know this today. That storm doesn't define them. That Florence hurricane in in the spiritual will not overtake them. Why? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Winds, you're going to blow. And storm, you're going to come. But for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Did you feel that? Would you stand with me in reverence in this house? Oh, Holy Ghost. (laughs) Why don't you worship just for a moment? Why don't you worship just for a moment? Would you do that? I'm telling you, I've just felt the breath of heaven. Would you lift up holy hands and just worship just a moment? Father, it's your church. Oh, we build on the right foundation. There is no foundation to lay than that that has already been laid. He is the cornerstone that we base our hope upon. You hear me? there's no stones in my hand today. I don't care what you've done, who with, who without. I don't care, I love you, wanna be your pastor. But to do this right, we've got to build on the rock. There's a divorcee in this house. Listen to me, your marriage was torn apart by something you didn't cause, and you don't understand, I'm telling you, come back to the rock. You're hurt, you're broken, you push everybody away now because you see everybody through that same lens of brokenness. Come lay yourself on the rock. Oh, I feel him. There's a child in this house. I say child not to embarrass, but child I meaning under 21. You're raised in an environment that is not conducive for any righteousness. And you have been blown around like a leaf in the fall season of our county. But I have been touched by the Spirit of God to let you know your life is not by accident, sweetie. And the Holy Ghost is calling you to a place to build and start anew on Jesus Christ. You don't know where the money's gonna come from. You don't know how to get it done. You don't know how to pay for your education. And I tell you, come trust the rock of ages today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, I feel him. I didn't come to play with you this morning. I know what God's doing. We have some stepping out by faith. My hope is built. Danny, I don't know if you know that, but if you find that, use these ladies. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. Anthony, I'm gonna present my family to the Lord. Would you one more time, lift your hands, and I'm gonna pray. Father, we have come. Ah, I, I, I felt you maybe a little evangelistically I felt you and I delivered this word and I have a call to people to build on Jesus Christ and nothing else. Christ centric in all things. We have a man already in the altar. If I could have some of our leaders come help me pray please. Father there's others in this house. Okay. Come, come, Denise, would you help me? Some other ladies, 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 choir, somebody help me, please, right here, right here. There's others, listen to me. Here, here. I want you to hear me. Listen, before you sing, before you sing, before you sing. Listen, to, I want you to hear me so there's no, I, I mentioned alcohol. Hear, hear me, hear me. I didn't judge you. I want you to hear what I'm about to say. There are people that run to things to cope. I've got to say this. And they're doing the best they know how. I am not condemning you, but I am offering you this. He's a lively stone, a lively bread, a living water. I'm offering you a new and better living way. That's all I'm doing. If you are battling substance addiction of any kind, alcohol, drugs, pornography, overeating, I I don't know. I want you to come. I want you to forget about what people are gonna say and I want you to let me pray for you and let's establish yourself on the rock. Would anybody be so bold and say, Pastor, I've got a stronghold, I've got an addiction, I don't care. I want you to pray. Anybody? 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 That's all right. Oh, God is good. God is good. That's all right. That's all right. Anybody else? Joey, I consider you a leader in this church. Okay, I can't tell you. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Even now. More so. I'm proud of you. Can we give God praise in this house? Listen, 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 listen. He's not the only one. Would you bow your heads just for me a moment? Bow your heads with me. Father, on the count of three, I want those who are struggling with strongholds and addiction to place themselves. On the rock of ages. One, listen, I know you've tried. I know you tried. Try again. Try today. Not on church, not on Neil, not on North Wahala, but on the rock. Simon said, "Is him. He's the solid ground. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. Thank you for coming. Thank you. There's others coming. There's others coming. Two, would you come? Would you have boldness in your life? Would you have boldness in your life? Three, three. Anybody else? Anybody else? Two came. 2K, 2K, anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? All right, let's give God the biggest hand of praise. Can we give God the biggest hand of praise, amen? Wow. Real quickly, Nancy and Joe are actually at the front door of the day with Caroline and Hayden assisting them. I'm putting older couples with younger couples. So if you're visiting with us, you've got one of our young sweet couples out front along with one of our retired ministerial couples and they just want to greet you. We're training in all areas right now. We have a gift certificate to Oconee Station. If you've not ate Oconee Station, it is spectacular. It is delicious. So there's a gift certificate for you and we want you to go by and turn in that little slip and we're going to pray for you and I will contact you this week. God's been in this house. Amen. There are some who have come who are honest. We believe that you are delivered. Amen. And we're gonna stand on that. And we're gonna put people around you that's gonna help you. We're gonna put some mentors in your life. We've done that last since the beginning of June. Somebody gets saved or they have a struggle, we put a mentor in their life. Some people have received that mentorship, some have rejected it, and that's okay. We'll still continue to persist and pursue it. We can't make people do anything, but we can offer it. Amen? I love you. You're a great church. The best. You're good people. Let me dismiss you in prayer. We'll have about a five-minute turnaround, quick business meeting, and then we'll be about our way. Father, peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the work that you've done today. I will be judged many times in my life for being so heavy on Christ that I've pushed out other things. And I'm guilty. But when I come to the end of my life, I will be satisfied in that that I have chosen because I am satisfied that you have chosen me. Be with our people in Christ's name, amen. God bless you. You're free to go. See you tonight. If you desire to stay in our business meeting, please do so.